This is the Sound Health Radio Show with Richard Talk to Me Guy. And Sherry Edwards is, of course, off working on the Sound Health Portal. It's still growing. It's still changing. Sherry is just a machine in motion in the best of ways. I would suggest, uh, for those that are new to the soundhealthportal.com, a great way to go to learn more about it is go to soundhealthoptions.com, click on um, in the news, and scroll down, and you'll find portal classes. Actually, I think they've moved it to under, excuse me. So you go to soundhealthoptions.com, click under classes, and then under that, you click under portal presentations, and there will be some demos of recent demonstrations Sherry's done, live demonstrations she's done online, webinars, where she'll run somebody's vocal print through the system, and you'll get to see really the amazing charts and graphs and the amount of information that are available immediately on the portal when you're working with somebody. So now that I've said that, I'll back up and explain what the Sound Health portal is or what Sound Health Options is. Sherry does vocal analysis where you take a vocal print, which means a recording, and then run it through software that breaks it down into bits and bytes and all sorts of things that show interactions of how things, let's say one of the choices currently at, uh, is a campaign, which is a free option to do run a test of the Sound Health Portal, is BioDiet. So you do a recording. The, if you go to the soundhealthportal.com and choose one of these campaigns, you'll sign up for a free account, just your email address, and you do two 45-second recordings. The system will walk you through this. And you'll submit those recordings with the BioDiet, and in about 2 to 12 hours, you'll get a report back with all sorts of information where you'll be able to see suggestions about how something might be hypertonistic or too much or hypotonistic, not enough. And sometimes those can be, uh, this can be sometimes a swing between those two where it might be the same item. And sometimes too much means you're not assimilating. And also sometimes too little means you're not assimilating, that it's available, but some part of your system is not assimilating that substance. So it'll show you states of imbalance, which we will talk with our guest, Brian Alessandro, about CBD as the great adaptogen, in my mind, and how that might help all that come into balance, because it's all about balance. I know we think we're something but really, it really is about seeking balance. And uh, back to Sound Health Portal. So you submit that, you get a report, you sit down with a cup of tea, and you read it, and it'll give you a boatload of information. And then if you want further information, you can contact soundhealthoptions.com and get together with a practitioner where they'll do even more in-depth research and looks at what's going on for all sorts of things. There is software now at Sound Health Portal for uh, PTSD, Corona conflicts, neuroplasticity, which is one of my favorites is about everything happening in the brain in terms of firing and interactions with what's going on and why something might be this or that, or again, states of imbalance. And so you can find all that. You can find the demos at soundhealthoptions.com classes, portal presentations, and you can go to the portal itself, soundhealthportal.com, and do a free campaign. So there's that. I say this every week, and I'm probably going to keep saying it every week. This is another of those shows about, this show is going to be about hemp and CBD oil and other wonderful qualities about hemp. And eating hemp, and you're going to want to, Probably re-listen to this again, I'm betting, because there's a lot of information here. Just CBD itself. We're, we're, this show, we, I've done a bunch of shows talking to people about re- what I would call regular cannabis, cannabis, meaning what we're talking about is more THC-related. Today, we're going to talk about the CBD side, which is also cannabis, but it's the non-psychoactive side. And we're going to do that with Brian D'Alessandro. And to hear replays of this show, you can go to soundhealthoptions.com, click on the radio tab, and then click on, uh, when you click on the radio tab, you can scroll down to Sound Health Radio. And at the top of that page will be today's flyer for 
this show, and that'll send you the show notes and the links there and other links that I put in there regarding uh, Eaton Hemp and some great information they have available as well. Their Hemp Hub is really great. So you can find that there. And you can also find, you can go to, uh, on iOS, you can go to Podcast. That's the app that comes on the iOS phone. And or in the Android world, you can also use either Stitcher or Pocket Cast. Pocket Cast is my personal favorite. That's actually cross-platform. You can use that anywhere on a computer, on, a, on any phone platform. And you can go to any of those podcast aggregators or podcast apps and search for either Sound Health Radio or Sherry Edwards or Talk To Me Guy. And at the top of that list that will show up will be today's show and another 600 hours or so of shows. With that... Brian D'Alessandro is the co-founder, CEO of hemp wellness company, Eaton Hemp. Offering a line of best-in-class organic CBD products, Brian's mission is to empower people to take their health back into their own hands. D'Alessandro's wellness and spiritual journey began over 15 years ago when diagnosed with a potentially life-threatening autoimmune disease. This caused him to reflect on his well-being and make severe changes that have led to a vegan diet, becoming a certified yoga instructor, and a life of seeking greater truth. A big believer in the power of plant medicine, he found a deep connection with the hemp plant and CBD's unique way of working with the body's innate healing abilities. Previously, Brian spent his career developing integrated marketing campaigns for clients including Unilever, J&J, and MLB. In 2010, he founded a brand new development agency, the Humans, which specializes in values-driven clients, largely in the CPG space. Brian built a conscious culture at the Humans at which they uniquely select clients based on their current core values, social impact, and commit to improving their respective sectors. The Humans provides a variety of brand development, strategic, and creative marketing services. Brian received his BFA from Carnegie Mellon, and studied directing and cinematography at New York Film Academy. When not working, he is rebuilding an 1800s farmhouse in upstate New York. Brian joins us to talk about CBD and many things hemp. Welcome, Brian. Thank you so much, Richard, and thanks for that wonderful introduction. I'm really excited to be here today. I want to start at why... Why did you choose hemp? Or I kind of think I've, I've listened and read enough about you and your experience. Why did you choose hemp? Or should I say why it chose you? Yeah, I think that's exactly the reframing that I was going to throw back your way. Uh, it definitely chose me. Uh, I, it's not that I actively went out and, and sought uh, hemp. But uh, my now partners, Mark and Dan, own uh, one of the largest organic farms in upstate New York. And they uh, were very active on the policy side before I came into the picture and helped to rewrite legislation, getting the first license to grow hemp in New York State. And so when they did that, they literally had to plant the seeds with armed DEA agents because it was still before the 2018 farm bill, the year before, and uh, it was still classified as a Schedule One narcotic along with uh, the likes of heroin. So, uh, you know, crazy, crazy times and crazy to see how disconnected uh, we were with this this plant medicine. But uh, they got the plant in the ground and then Start. Originally, they were growing it as a cover crop, but they real quickly saw the nutritional abilities that uh, hemp offered, and they decided, well, all right, we got to figure out what kind of product to make with this. And that's where they reached out to me, knowing that I had worked in brand development and especially around uh, purpose-driven brands, and we linked up. Well, the plant quickly took hold of me and started just revealing its incredible. And I'd been using hemp hearts in my smoothies um, and I'd heard of CBD, but I hadn't gone deep into it. And so 
this really opened the door and got me intimate with it. And we spent a full year just exploring all the different possibilities of, of how to use the hemp plant. And this, of course, is in relationship to what we thought the, um, you know, the public would be ready to adopt and excited to bring into their lives because with hemp and cannabis comes so much of that baggage, the stigma. And so a lot of that was unpacking it. Um, you know, because I do live a vegan lifestyle, uh, you know, as a, a, as a food, it really quickly became so clear. It's, uh, it's not the one of the most nutrient dense and complete food sources uh, on the planet. And so that, that was really exciting. And then of course, everything around CBD started to unfold and that's where my mind just got blown on a whole other level. And we're certainly going to get into that a lot more today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking a bit backstage before the show started about photography and film. And I, I just can't help but get the image out of my mind of a bucolic organic farm with farmers planting mm-hmm. seeds with DE agents looming over them in flak jackets and guns like really wow they're farmers are you kidding me it's really we've come a long way i'm happy to say we're closer to coming a long way but visually that's really absolutely well and and, you know the it's stunning and it's also so ridiculous when you actually start to unpack um why they would be doing it they would be doing it because a lot of times they say well you know how could people um you know, be stopped from hiding marijuana plants in their hemp fields. And, you know, once you get into the, the science of it, it makes absolutely no sense because they'd be cross-pollinating each other and nothing would be um, usable and it's just a complete disaster. So it's actually the last thing you would want to do. Um, but, you know, it, again, it goes with this archaic um, law that was put in place. And, you know, this is just a reminder. We always have to constantly be checking back in with even the rules we set for ourselves in our lives and, and see if they're still serving us. And if not, you know, make a change and adapt. And I think that's, uh, you know, that's one of the things CBD helps the body to do as well. So, you know, it does come full circle there. I think the DEA should probably up their levels of CBD. That'd be really helpful. <laughs> there yeah. used to be a little yeah. homeostasis happening in here. Uh, as an old herbalist, yeah. I had a, I got my degree as a master herbalist in the late 70s and had an herb store in a national mail order catalog. And we had the largest selection of botanicals in the Pacific Northwest on hand. And I would have the feds come in twice a year. And you could always tell they were in suits, hard shoes, in a you know kind of a hippie-ish herb store. And they would come in and they would they would have a hit what I would call the hit list of let's say twelve herbs that had to be labeled not for food or beverage use. And I got to know them over the years. And although I kind of have a sharp attitude, not that you would ever know that from listening to me on mic, um, but I would at some point say to them, "Okay, so there are those, but what about this? What about that? What about uh, you know uh, absinthe?" And they were like, uh, "We know nothing." Or what about this? It could cause seizures. I mean, they, were, they had the list. They wanted to have the list labeled. And once that was done, that's all they cared about. They didn't care. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't trying to be a rabble rouser. I was just pointing out that if you're going to do this, you really should know what you're doing versus just like the, what the, where they're standing at the farm, everything you just said about cross-pollination. That would – a smart farmer would never plant the two together. And they have none of that. They just have a list. It's the same list mentality of like, here's the thing we have to go after. That's all we know. That's all we care about. Really? Yeah, it's dangerous. It takes away free thinking. And, uh, you know, I think it also stunts uh, innovation when, when we're locked into that mindset. And, you know, if you, if you stick with this analogy, I mean, if you look at our country, you know, which has been in active war, uh, you know, almost very close to constantly since, its beginnings, um, you know, this is, if you compare it to the uh, autonomic nervous system, you know, we're designed to come back into homeostasis, right? And so we can go into fight, fight or flight and engage there. But if we're staying in that state all the time, there is severe dysfunction. We're seeing that as a society. We're seeing that as individuals. And that's where I really fell in love with CBD's ability to heal. And I, I find it to be no coincidence that um, CBD has 
become so popularized right now and has kind of revealed itself again. The endocannabinoid system has just revealed itself just back in 1992. And it's because we're ready for it. We need it. You know, CBD works so well to help bring us back to homeostasis, to balance out that autonomic nervous system, which in today's day and age of being overstimulated, overcaffeinated, overworked, all of these things that send, keep us in this stress state, this helps to bring us back into balance where the body can start to recover and we can start using our energy and resources to much higher needs, such as you know, creativity and the critical thinking that we want to be able to work through to really evolve as, as humans. Well, also that doesn't even factor in the um... – there's this recent term that I've I've heard in the tech community, uh, doom scrolling. The mm. uh, when people get on their phones and they just they you get into a instead of going looking for puppies and kittens, which also can be boring at some point. Uh, puppies maybe not, um, but the idea of the level of anxiety that is cranked up, we really do need to you know CBD is like calling, shouting out, going, I'm over here, I can help you. Let's talk. Uh, it, it really is an amazing thing. It really is a wonderful substance. I want to I want to go back uh, back to regarding because we're really talking about growing hemp here, which is different than everything mm -hmm. we've talked about with THC. Because hemp mm -hmm. is a particularly a posit in a positive way an aggressive phytoremediator. Mm -hmm. We really want to be careful about the quality of hemp that we're getting, don't we? Because it really I mean, it is a phenomenal bioremediator, and and talk about absolutely, what that means. yeah. So a phytoremediator is a plant that is going to pull and draw all of the uh, nutrients and vitamins and minerals from the soil, but it is also going to clean the soil of the toxins, the chemicals, the pesticides, and so you really want to make sure. I mean, you know, hemp was used in like the cleanup of the Fukushima disaster. It was used in Chernobyl, I mean, because it'll pull nuclear, um, you know, residue from the, from the soil. And so it's really important to you know, know your farmers, know where the CBD is being grown. I mean, we've seen this green rush, right? We've seen it in the whole cannabis space, but in CBD, it's really been blowing up and anyone and everyone and their mother literally have been wanting to just start growing this. And it hasn't been governed, um, you know, to the best of the ability. And so there's a lot of subpar product out there. And a lot of the people who are selling it aren't necessarily the growers. And, and a lot of them aren't intentionally selling something that's subpar. There's just a big learning curve. And so as a consumer, as a user, one of the most responsible things you can do is really get to know your source, know the farmers, know their process and protocol. And one of the best ways currently to get a good starting point is buying USDA organic CBD products. When it's certified organic, you know that that soil is cleaned. It has to go through a rigorous process of testing and lab reports to prove that it is free of toxins and pesticides and heavy metals. Heavy metals is a big one that, um, you know, hemp will draw from the soils and, uh, you know, you really want to make sure that that's uh, all taken care of. So I, I don't think USDA organic is the be all end all in all cases and all products, but for CBD right now, it's definitely the best um, measure I've seen to, you know, start off with. And I, and I bet that it's an arduous task to get USDA certified organic certification. Yeah. Cause there must be unbelievable yeah. amounts of hoop jumping going on to get that. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you know what? I think it's actually a really good thing. Um, I think the people who are serious and diligent about their process, it shows that people are really following through how they're doing things responsibly. Um, yes, there's a cost associated with it, but, you know, the cost of not um, doing these things, I think, is far greater. And there's a responsibility to the public in, in, in my eyes. So, yeah, there's a lot of hoops to go through. And look, like anything else, uh, once you do it a couple of times, it becomes very simple. I mean, our food products hold certifications for USDA organic, non-GMO, gluten-free, kosher, vegan. And so, you know, if you take any one of those as your first time, it's, it's a bit um, 
overwhelming. But once you go through it, you start understanding what the general process looks like. And it's a lot easier to do it again and again. And then, you know, each year it's just really upkeep. But it, it, you know, it forces us to be better as a brand. It forces us to be more responsible, more organized. And I think that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And I want to, for a moment, I, I'm going to step onto a soapbox about one of my pet peeves is the use of the term natural. I want to be, mm. I've said this before and I'll say it again. It means nothing. It means absolutely yeah. nothing. It has no quality. Yeah. You see it a lot on faux products of healthy products. It's natural. Well, so, you know, so is radioactive, radioactive waste. It's natural. It's a byproduct, but it means absolutely nothing. So I really, that's why I'm excited that Eaton Hemp is really USDA certified organic. It's arduous. And as you say, it may not be the end all be all, but it sure does qualify it, uh, you know, in terms of pesticides and, and chemicals. It's really, it's an arduous task, I think, because I know other growers. I know the founders of Earthbound Farms um, from years ago went through, boy, it was a lot of hoop jumping. And I think partially in the early days, and I bet this was true of hemp, that I imagine in the early days of USDA certification on hemp, they were kind of going, I don't know, what's it mean? What do you think that means? We don't have the, and a lot of times they have the big book they refer to of some kind. Oh, yeah. And then we've and, been heavily involved on that policy side. And, you know, look, there's also... Um, there's such an influx of growers. I mean, there's not the manpower in a lot of organizations to manage all of it. So yeah, it's, it's, it's very, it's in the nascent stages um, in today's modern market. I mean, hemp is, and CBD have both been used for, uh, you know, thousands of years. And so, you know, it's nothing new. It's just a matter of how do we fit it into our current systems. But um, yeah, look, I, I think, you know, things like natural and, and language, marketing language, it gets very dangerous, um, it, you know, and, and terms get co-opted very easily. And so I try to stay away from from those phrases and focus more on information. I think for for the public information is power. And uh, that's that's the thing we want to make sure that we have control over. Again, you know, my mission is really to empower people to take their health back into their hands. I think on a systemic level, we've suffered from giving away our power for so long. We have, you know, given away our health and just expect to go into a doctor and a doctor to just give you the magic pill and to just fix you like a mechanic in a car. And I don't think that's not how, you know, Hippocrates originally set up the modern medical system and relationship. We need to be more in touch with our bodies. We need to go to our medical professionals with a deeper understanding of what's going on. So then they can go deeper from that point. But, um, you know, it's, uh, it's a big responsibility. And, you know, I think regardless of where people are at on that journey, it's, it's a vital one, especially when there's a lot of questioning around our um, food supply, our medical supply and just the different motives that some of these different, um, you know, uh, gatekeepers have. So, you know, I think it's uh, the best thing we could do for ourselves and ultimately for our society. Well, if we begin to take responsibility for our own self-care, and I don't mean that you can't ever go see a doctor, but know Mm -hmm. why you're going there. Not that sort of vague, like this hurts and the doctor, the classic joke is the, you know, this hurts and the doctor tells you don't do that. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. really know why you're going there if you do need to go. But there's so much, there's so much information out there now from companies such as yourself, your, your hemp hub. I'll talk about that later. I just is an impressive stack of great information for people to get educated about hemp. Like I say, we've talked a lot about THC, but we haven't talked that much about hemp since I interviewed mm-hmm. uh, Paul Galon and his documentary from the 90s called Hemp and Parade. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm, I've been pro-hemp for a long time, as, not only as a food, but as a fiber. It just has so many great things that it can do for us and benefit the planet. But I think this is where I want to ask you about, let's talk about the discovery of the endocannabinoid system, which has only been around for several thousand mm-hmm. years. But we discovered it. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah actually, I mean, we evolved to have an endocannabinoid system millions of years ago. And yeah, in our medical fields, you know, ancient China, the ancient Middle East, I mean, it, it was everywhere that, you know, there was an awareness of this and how it was treated. But the endocannabinoid, <laughs> 
the endocannabinoid system is comprised of these CB receptors. Now, one thing I want to point out is there's only so far that science ever takes us in the given time that we're having this conversation. So as of right now, we're aware of CB1 receptors and CB2 receptors. And these are distributed throughout the body and they're sent to different locations when we're dealing with something like um, an attack or an illness or um, an injury. And uh, they are then sent to a local point where we have a lock and key um, you know, that plugs into these receptors throughout the body. The endocannabinoid system is kind of like the governor for all of our major bodily functions. And so it's regulating all of these different cycles in our body from our, our cognitive function to our sleep cycle, to our emotions, to our um, nervous system. So it's, it's just incredible. Oh, a big one is our immune system as well. So it's regulating all of these, the, you know, let's come back to the design of the human body. We're designed to come back to homeostasis. The body wants to be as, um, efficient as it can be. And so it comes back to homeostasis, this natural balancing point. In that point, place, it can deal with helping the body to rest, digest, and recover. And most importantly, for why it was designed to reproduce. Um, you know, that's why it also has incredible abilities for regulating fertility. But um, it's important to look at just why it's designed that way, right? Because my approach with our medicine, our nutrition, and everything with our body is how can we help it to do what it's naturally designed to? You know, it's so perfect by design. We don't need to use force to try to get it to do something else where then its innate um, functions come offline because something else is providing it. And that's what I love about CBD so much is it's not replacing anything in the body. It's actually just working with the body's natural system. And so, Richard, would you like me to go into how CBD works with the endocannabinoid system? I would. I, I would like to toss out uh, right before you do that that one of the yeah. one of the things that I was excited that we're going to talk really about CBD and about hemp is that it really is. I, I think down the road we'll really acknowledge hemp and CBD as one of the one of the other kings of the adaptogens adaptogens are herbs that are help bringing yeah. the body into a state of balance and that's like ginseng and dong choir classic astragalus there are classic herbs mm -hmm. that are considered you know really like the wow that's an adaptogen and they're respected everywhere and i think down the road eventually we will feel that same way about hemp and cbd and yes please go on yeah, absolutely. And I think I could start touching on, on why it is so adaptogenic. Um, you know, like I said, the body has these CB1 and CB2 receptors uh, spread throughout. Well, when you take CBD in whichever form, and we could talk more about the different formats for taking CBD in the body because they work slightly differently. But when, when it goes into your bloodstream, it then goes and travels to the points where your body is distributing these CB1 and CB2 receptors. Now, here's an interesting thing. Where science is at right now, there's kind of two school of thought of, of how CBD, cannabidiol, works with these receptors. Um, one school of thought is that, well, it doesn't actually fit into the CB1 and CB2 receptors because all receptors have a lock and key component for them to work in the body. And so, the, the CBD does not fit like a lock and key into them. So the, the general thought as well, but it stimulates the CB1 and CB2 receptors so that the body is naturally producing that lock key and it's working. The other theory is that, well, there are actually possibly other CB receptors in the body that the CBD does work with lock and key. So I, I say this to point out there's still a lot of mystery and there's still a lot of unknown. But what we do know is that it does work and it does work with these receptors and the receptor sites. And back to it being an adaptogenic is this notion that you could use CBD for sleep and if, if you're struggling with sleep, right? And, and the way that CBD works with your natural sleep is by regulating your natural sleep cycle. There were some great studies done out of Brazil that proved that CBD does not disrupt 
the natural sleep cycle, whereas if you take some other sleeping medications or sleeping pills, it wreaks havoc on it because it's not using its natural um, circadian rhythm to build that, you know, balance out of. Um, you know, it also helps to ease anxiety and combat insomnia. So collectively, this brings your sleep back into balance, if that's what you need. Now, if you take it during the day, and one of your issues is that you have very low energy, that same CBD could do the exact opposite and give you extra energy to be more awake, more alert, and have better cognitive function. So again, it'll adapt to your needs because it's in direct response to what your body is telling it it needs. So that's one of the really cool things about it. Well, and one of the I'll toss this into the mix because it was when I interview one of the interviews I did with uh, Dr. Mary Clifton talking about cannabis mm-hmm. when she really explained there was something that she said that really like lit up for me like a big light bulb I'd like wow I hadn't thought about it that was that with CBD it goes to a neural junction. And in, a, in my words, she has much better words for this, but in my words, it, it goes to that neural junction, which is not necessarily the point of inflammation. It's a junction point that then feeds out into other points in an area. And it actually applies or creates or allows the opening of a calming effect in that neural junction. Then, because of that, that neural junction is then, again, I'm using the word calming. She you would use a better word calming that neural junction, it then affects the inflammation by reducing the sort of what a low level of anxiety or tension or whatever word we want to use to describe what's going on, Mm -hmm. which is creating that inflammation. So to me, that's really saying that, because when we talk about receptor sites, these are not, these cellular receptor sites are not any different than the rest of the receptor sites in our body that are ready. They're keyed looking for a hormone. And mm-hmm. so they're the same thing. They're not like they're magical different receptor sites. They're all receptor sites, and they're keyed the same way. It's just that these cells are keyed to receive CBD or endocannabinoids. It's, that's our system. Mm-hmm. And so the neural sites that the CBD are affecting are really, they're adaptogenic at that very locate that neural junction, where if, you, if it needs a little more energy, it needs a little more chi or whatever word we want to use, it will allow it to have that. If it wants to be calmed, it will allow it to have that. And so I think that just such a that's such a powerful concept and idea that it's not really reducing the actual inflammation; it's reducing the inflammation mm-hmm. at the neural junction that is getting that back and forth kind of feedback, where you know a junction can can become irritated because an area is irritated, or it can get irritated from both sides. So the effect on the neural junctions is really such a powerful thing. Yeah, it's, Sorry, you know, it's um, it's not. No, I I think that's wonderful, and I always love yeah Mary's um, you know medical knowledge and science yeah. behind it is always eye opening for me every time I speak with her. Um, uh-huh. I, you know, in the simplest layman terms, it's it's dealing with the cause and not the symptoms, and that's what I love. It's it's skipping uh-huh. just the you know end result of what we're suffering from and going back to that core point of how it could come back to balance. Because again. The body wants to bring itself back to balance, and, and, and it knows. That's the other thing. It's not like us saying, hmm, I wonder, is this happening or, or is that? The body knows exactly what's happening, and once we introduce these compounds, it knows what to do with them. Well, and one of the – we're going to jump ever so slightly because I know that you have different delivery systems available for meat mm-hmm. and hemp, and this is true of everybody, but this is true of your products, you can either take them orally or that mm-hmm. you can apply them and or you can use pre-rolls. And, yeah. you know, depending upon what people want, they can use a variety of different ways of getting them into the system. I, I'm a fan. I, I like them all, but I will say that I am a fan of the pre-roll for an immediate, at the end of the day, when I too have, I too, my hand is up, I admit I can get into doom mm-hmm. scrolling. And every once in a while, I just have to set the device, whatever it is, down. And just a couple of puffs off of a hemp, uh, an Eaton hemp pre-roll downtime, and the delivery is immediate because it goes right to the bronchi. It's not irritating. 
It's very smooth. And I just immediately kind of, within a moment, I'm like, oh, and I'm not stoned. I'm just calmer. And yeah, that's really the, exciting. The pre-rolls are really amazing for that. Yeah it's, yeah, it's 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 exciting because it's you know it looks like marijuana, it smells like marijuana, it tastes yeah. like marijuana, it smokes like yeah. marijuana, but the yeah. effect is very different. And it's not yeah. about saying, oh, this should replace uh, someone who smokes marijuana, um, you know, marijuana. It's not saying that somebody who doesn't smoke marijuana should or should not smoke this. It's saying that it provides a different function. And yeah, I mean, for that immediate ability to just, you know, I always just call it dropping in where you drop out of that, um, you know, that sympathetic nervous system state and come back to the parasympathetic where you're coming out of fight or flight. It, the, the feeling I have is it's just like a big sigh. My shoulders drop and I'm like, <sighs> and it's so immediate. And so like, like you spoke to the, um, the format of smoking is by far the fastest way to bring it into the body. It also has a systemic effect, so it gets through the whole body. Um, so it's really effective at anything that's overarching, whether it be a chronic pain issue that someone's suffering from, chronic anxiety, or just chronic stress. Um, anything that's big and, and taking over your whole experience, it kicks in really fast. The other thing to note is, you know, there's the speed it gets into the system. The other metric to look at is the bioavailability. How much of the CBD is actually getting into the body and the bloodstream where you need it. So um, the, the smoking format of, of the CBD flower is the highest bioavailability and it's the fastest um, way to get it to the system. So it's, it's a great option. And, you know, we have them in uh, one gram pre-rolls, but uh, when I smoke it personally, I'm a lightweight. I mean, total lightweight. And I have, you know, two puffs and I, I've got my benefits and I am golden. Um, and again, like you said, Richard, yes, yeah, it, it's pretty wild that you don't get stones. You don't feel high because it can seem so similar to marijuana. Um, you know, marijuana has the two um, active compounds and it has the THC, which everyone is very familiar with, but it also has CBD. So CBD is technically also a mood altering substance, but it doesn't alter the mood like THC. It alters the mood by working with your endocannabinoid system and to helping balance out your systems naturally. So different experiences, you know, I, I, I definitely, uh, you know, suggest that everybody try it out and experiment. It's pretty cool to see the effect and to feel it in your body. Um, but let's go on to a couple of the other formats. The, the most common one that you'll see out there for, for CBD is the tincture format or the oil format. And so that's usually in a bottle and has a dropper on there. Ours has um, a graduated dropper so you could see how many milligrams of CBD you're getting. And you take this sublingually. So you put it under your tongue or in the cheeks, as Dr. Mary had pointed out there, they're like a very close, um, you know, first and second on the absorption. So whether it be under the tongue or between the cheeks, hold it there for about 60 seconds, even up to two minutes, and it absorbs in there. Um, this is a systemic effect as well. This goes into the bloodstream, and so your, your whole body is getting the CBD circulated through. Um, the bioavailability is pretty high, not as high as the pre-roll, but you get a really good um, amount and it takes a little bit longer, but you know, 15, 20 minutes, and and that's like you know really um, giving its its full effect. I feel much um, quicker. Again, I'm, I'm sensitive and have fast metabolism, so I think that has something to do with it. But that's another important thing to note. A lot of people have questions about very general um, you know ideas around dosage or use and and everything. All of our chemistry is different, and it varies at different times in our life our endocannabinoid systems are slightly different. So, you know, I, I always try to suggest that people use the elements of curiosity and even playfulness when trying out the different products and, and different brands, whatever you're exploring with, but really explore and, and, and start to tune in and listen to the conversation the body's having with you around what's working and how it's working. Um, the next uh, product that we have, and I'm a really big fan of, so I'm very physical, and I'm usually, you know, 
having some type of ache on my body just because I beat it up a bit. But we have uh, our salve. Our CBD salve is kind of like a giant chapstick, and this is a topical form of CBD. Now, in here, so this is used on bruises, aches, pains, um, joint issues. Um, a lot of people with arthritis um, see amazing uh, effects from the salve. Um, uh, you know, I've even been dealing with this case of like a uh, trigger finger I got after I had avocado hand, you know, I was cutting an avocado and slipped and cut my hand a few years mm. back and I developed this trigger finger and, you know, it's been amazing to see how it works there as well. But um, the, the, you know, cool thing about this is lower bioavailability. It's localized, not systemic. So it's only going to that local point. But when you have an issue that's in a specific spot on the outside of your body, when you apply this, it goes directly to it. This is a site where your body is naturally sending those CB receptors. So it's hitting it right on the spot. And so while on paper, less bioavailability and, um, you know, less uh, absorption there, it actually is just amazing at hitting points right on the spot. Uh, we also have done a few other things with this product. So we have this infused with Arnica and birch bark, which are amazing for mm. um, helping with, yeah, any type of bruising, swelling, um, pain. Um, so, you know, really good. Also, you get a little numbing in there on a spot that's in pain. So it gives some really immediate benefits. And we've also put in some uh, peppermint essential oil, which helps to build heat on the spot and to, you know, really uh, send flow to the area. So uh, those are the three formats that we're currently offering. We're also developing um, a lotion, body lotion, which will be coming out soon. We, you know, we've loved so much the, um, the topical application and how it works. We're also developing um, a uh, bath bomb, which is amazing. I'm, I'm really excited for that to come out because that's a way to have a localized effect on the skin. But as we know, skin is the largest organ in the body. When you soak in it, Oh my goodness. It helps immediately to, you know, to deal with any physical aches and pains, but it's also so calming to the nervous system. It's, it's everything you want the bath to be. So, um, yeah, that, that's another cool one. Another, mm -hmm. you know, last one I'll touch on that we don't offer, but it's out there, um, a lot in the marketplace are the edibles. So this is a good place to point out distinctions between, you know, CBD and marijuana THC, right? The, when you consume marijuana and it goes through the stomach, you're getting a much deeper experience of the THC because it's being digested and it, and it, it doesn't um, lose its potency. In fact, um, you know, most people say it's much more potent that way. It's the opposite with CBD. When you take CBD in through the digestive system, through the stomach, you are actually right off the bat losing half of its potency. Um, it takes a lot longer to get into the body. And so the effects um, we have found not to be anywhere near as, um, you know, as impactful. Um, the other issue I personally have is a lot of edible products out there are like in the form of gummies and they're packed full of sugar and other stuff. I mean, CBD is incredible as an anti-inflammatory. And then when you start taking it with sugar, which is one of the best inflammatories, it's just, you know, very um, counterproductive, uh, you know, for me. But, you know, look, I think, it, again, to each your own, like really explore and, and, and try different things and see what works best for you. But that's, you know, the thinking that I've had and I've eaten hemp, we've had around it. And um, I think, you know, um, try it out and, and see what, you know, responds best to you. Uh, the other thing I'll say is, you know, I've, you know, just like with homeopathy, you know, I think taking an approach where you use an external and internal when you're dealing with something is also really good. Like I've done that for years with Arnica. If I have an injury, I'll take the Arnica pellets and eat those, but then I'll also apply Arnica topically. I do the same thing with CBD with the tincture and with the um, salve, and it works really well. So, um, you know, feel free to play. That's the good thing with uh, homeopathics is you don't have to worry about, um, you know, taking too much. But I will say, I mean, I still always feel 
the requirement to say if you're taking other medications, check with your medical professionals, make sure that you're not going to have any issues. Um, you know, there are no known um, conflicts with medications, but I would still, you know, urge you to make sure that it's a part of your, your larger plan and, and it's not disrupting anything. Yes. And I want to go back for a moment to the hemp pre-rolls. I have uh, people around me who are THC consumers, some in a mass quantity, but that's a whole separate you know, conversation. However, even with some of these people who smoke a lot of THC cannabis, I have given them one of your hemp pre-rolls, and then they called me the next day and went, wow, I really noticed that. I really noticed. Not And they weren't smoking the whole thing. They were just taking like three to five puffs, maybe a little more, because a number of people that smoke a lot of cannabis, meaning THC, just smoke a whole joint like it's a thing you do versus the idea mm-hmm. of taking a couple of hits and seeing how that is. They just have that thing. It's kind of a nervous anxiety thing. And they called me. The, and a couple it's enjoyable. Of called it me. is. And it's fun. No, it's fun to do. Not that I'm in my life. I have consumed mass quantities of THC. Uh, I don't, I haven't for years, but in my life I have, that's all I'll say. And they were really surprised. And that's the same camp that I'm in. And I love being able to have the same experience and ritual of smoking marijuana without getting the THC effect because it doesn't work with me anymore. So um, I like it for that reason, but sorry, I I jumped in. No, 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 no. I, I'm, I agree with you completely. I I enjoy the effect of the hemp pre-rolls because it gives me the calming part but I'm not wild at this point in my life about what I would call the stupid part. And that's not a negative connote. That's just, it does dull things a bit and I'm not looking for that. I'm just looking for a little soothing, a little smoothing, a little at easeness. And a hemp pre-roll is a great delivery for like, wow, that was rugged. That was a really hard production and I need to take a slight break. And it's really quite soothing. And, and they were surprised the THC consumers were quite surprised that this dumb old hemp pre-roll calmed them down. That's really what I'm trying to get at, that they really observed a, even though they're chronic smokers of THC, they were still able, the receptor sites were still available to go, oh, wow, I feel smoother. So I think it's an interesting thing that people, even though, because I think a lot of times when you're talking to THC consumers, they're sort of like, yeah, man, that's, I'm doing that. They don't always speak in that voice, but some of them do. And they still get effect, positive effect or a, a shift in using hemp. And they're surprised because they're so used to yeah, having their, their level so elevated. I've experienced the same thing with uh, a lot of folks who have tried it, who are big smokers. And, and a lot of people have said originally, like, oh, no, I, I do the real thing. And it's like, well, it's, look, I'm, I'm not trying to take away your, your marijuana. It's not about that. There's, you know, a, a different function. And, um, you know, it's been really, really nice to see how many of them have adopted it into their um, ritual and their practice where, you know, like once a week they might, you know, smoke the pre-rolls and just be able to chill out without being high, but just feel their body go into that kind of, you know, chilled out state. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's nice to see that people are appreciating that balance too. Now, what I'm about to say, I will, I have to pre say, uh, of course, consult your uh, physician at any times before you think about doing this. I have a friend who uh, has COPD, uh, which is a pulmonary issue. And so she's a shallow breather because of the COPD. And I was with her recently, and I handed her a hemp pre-roll. And she's a regular cannabis consumer, not mass quantities. She's a lightweight. And, but she took a couple of hits off of the hemp pre-roll, and it took her a while to notice. But being somebody who's been an herbalist since the late 70s, I saw her breathing immediately shift. Within a couple of puffs, she was suddenly like a little more relaxed a little less anxious, a little less twitchy. And she did then within about five to 10 minutes, she was like, wow, I do think I feel a difference. Just from a little bit of having some CBD in actually contacting the bronchi in the, in the lungs, she actually did have a little like, wow. 
and it was really more that that adaptogenic quality. And she, as I say, she's a regular THC consumer, not mass quantity, but she was able to actually get that slight observed feeling better. Now, I'm not saying she's stopping her medications and you know all that kind of stuff, but there was a bit of a shift. So it, it has a lot of benefit for people, and sometimes they're surprised. Uh, she's already yeah. a fan of cannabis but she'd never thought about smoking hemp and she was sort of like, are you kidding me? Hemp? What are you talking about? You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> but it worked, you know, yeah, it gave her the benefit so and she cool. was quite excited. Yeah. And it's so counterintuitive, right? I think a lot of times in our Western world, we, um, you know, because of the negative stigma of smoking from the, you know, the severe um, detriment that um, tobacco smoking has caused, and that's because people were smoking way too much, smoking it that had chemicals and tar and everything else in there that, you know, really gave this perception that smoking anything is that, right? Like you smoke, you're going to, you know, potentially get cancer. And there is a different way to look at, you know, how you could use a puff of something as a medicine versus as something that's going to be detrimental to your health. And I, I challenge people to explore that. Do your research and, and really see because, you know, even someone with, yeah, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, it, you know, that's amazing to hear, right? They were able to – and, like, one of the effects of COPD is, like, your lungs, if you think of it like a balloon or, like, an old balloon that doesn't have the elasticity and it doesn't – you know, it could get pockets of um, – carbon dioxide stuck in there and you don't have the ability to inflate as much. And so it makes sense. Look, I'm not a doctor at all, but it makes sense that if you're using something that stimulates through the lungs and is actually helping to get more oxygen there, well, that could all of a sudden be something really powerful and beneficial if used responsibly. So that's, that's really awesome to hear, Richard. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I say, consult your physician. Um, but it really, I've seen mm-hmm. it firsthand where I've seen, and this is a person who is mm, slightly tightly wound or incredibly tightly wound depending upon the time of day or just something occurs. But I mean, it was really quite impressive to see that shift for me to observe it and then for her to consciously observe it because sometimes she can be wall-headed, uh, not that any of us can't be. Uh, but to actually see the shift in her say, wow, I think I noticed a little difference there and wants to know more about pre-rolls. Because it's surprising. You can't really go into dispensaries yet and find hemp pre-rolls. And when I ask dispensaries about them sometimes, they're like, we don't sell hemp. What are you talking about? It's like, okay, all right. <laughs> I can't. I, yeah. You know, yeah. That's a whole and, other you know, subject. Some places can start selling it. And there's just, so there's such a muddiness and there's also so much confusion. I mean, do you think it would be helpful, Richard, for me to d- distinguish the difference between, um, you know, edible hemp as far as a food product goes, CBD from hemp, hemp derived CBD and THC? Because there's generally such confusion around the three, I think. I think that would be a great idea. Yes, please. So I'll give, I'll give a quick top level, but, um, you know, they're all part of the cannabis family. So they're all closely related. And when it comes to hemp um, that we're growing for food, think of it just as a large scale production for agriculture. So the same way that you might grow hay, wheat, corn, you're planting fields and fields of it. Um, so, you you know, you get seeds in the ground, you grow these plants, they grow you know, six feet tall, you then come through with a combine and you're harvesting the seeds from it. The seeds are what are are the nutritional part that we're talking about for food products here. Those are then either pressed for oil and the remaining is a a cake, which is either ground into a flour and or protein powder. And so we see that in those different forms. Or you could take the seeds, you can de-hull them, remove the hull, and you have hemp hearts, as you see in the marketplace. Um, or you could even take the seeds whole and toast them, and they're edible that way. Very high in fiber, um, large amount of fiber, very high in a soluble plant-based protein, and also equally high, it's almost a third, a third, a third split, equally high in good fats, um, perfect balance of omega-3 to 6 ratio. So that's hemp as far as growing it for food. That has a very low or no occurrence of CBD in it. 
In order to sell food products in the U.S., you currently have to have it below 0.3% THC. Uh, so it doesn't have anything but very low trace amounts of THC. So none of that comes through from CBD or THC in the food format. Then when you look at hemp for CBD, it's the same um, you know, plant that you're growing, but there are different strains that have a higher occurrence of CBD, of cannabidiol. And so those are the ones that are grown for um, for producing CBD. It's a very different process. You're not just throwing them in the ground and growing acres and acres. For this, it's much more like instead of agriculture, it's horticulture. So you have very high touch. You're planting individual seeds and growing those plants and, and waiting for them to flower. And you're taking the flower, which is high in CBD, and that's what you're going to use for your extraction process to get CBD in a usable form. Uh, then you have marijuana, which is treated, grown very much the same way as the CBD flower is, but it has a naturally higher occurrence of THC as well as the CBD in that strain. And as, you know, anyone who's a, a marijuana smoker out there knows, there's different strains that Oops, Brian, I lost you. I wonder if your connection went away. I don't think it's me. Oh, um, I'm now you're here. Back. I don't know. You're back. That okay, you're okay, back. Okay, sorry about that. Um, okay. okay, so yeah, th- then there's also these terpenes in, in, the, in the plant as well, which have a whole other school of benefits, which we're going to start hearing a lot more about in the marketplace in the years to come. So that's the uh, overview of the difference between the three, all closely related. But, you know, when you buy one, you're getting what, you know, what you want that function to be. And it's regulated that way. So you could be comfortable there. Well, and one of the things um, that I'm excited about also with the Eaton Hemp is that you, your oils are in a whole, you use your own pressed oil to take advantage for a carrier of your tinctures mm-hmm. so that you're yeah. getting the entourage yeah. effect, which is a group. I know, you know everybody's talking about the entourage effect as an old herbalist. We call that whole plant medicine. And I think mm-hmm. that, you know, as we've discovered more things about CBD, I think down the road, we're going to find that there are possibly even more things in there that we don't know. So for me, it's very exciting that you use a whole plant formula or to take advantage of the entourage effect. So as we do find out more, it, and plus there's little tiny things in there that we don't know as, as people make isolates, that the yeah. whole plant, there's, whole plants kind of know what they're doing. You know, they're not, they're smarter than we are. And I'm really a huge fan of whole plant medicine. So talk a little bit about that and your oils, how, how you're using your own oils, which are whole oils for that. I think that's great. Yeah, and, and I wholeheartedly agree with you there. Um, whole plant um, food, whole plant medicine, I, you know, it's, it's how I live my life. And, and it's that same notion. Look, I believe there's a lot more knowledge and wisdom that has evolved over these millions of years in things than we understand. It's, it's arrogant to think otherwise. Now, we should always be pursue, pursuing that knowledge and understanding. But I think we should also hold in our hearts that this is designed in a perfect way right at this time to do everything as efficiently and collectively as possible. And so there's a lot going on there. And we try to take that concept into how we produce the products from being full spectrum, which means that of that full spectrum of cannabinoids and terpenes, we do not, um, or we, we disrupt that as little as we possibly can. There are mm-hmm. different forms of extracting. There are different forms of isolating, which is where you get an isolate, where you're just pulling that specific molecule. We don't want to mess with nature. We want to honor it as, as, and keep it intact to the maximum degree possible. And so that's where you have a full-spectrum product. It, it encompasses the full spectrum of terpenes and cannabinoids. Uh, then the next thing that you look at is the carrier oil. So the carrier oil is, you know, it's an oil or fat that's going to carry the CBD and the terpenes into the bloodstream. There are different formats that are used out there. There's MCT oil, which is coconut derived. There's regular coconut oil. There's olive oil. There's a lot of different um, uh, types of oil that folks use out there. 
we grow our own hemp seed oil. So from the hemp food products we grow, we press that into an oil, and it's cold pressed just like olive oil, and um, which again keeps the integrity of the nutrients there. Um, hemp seed oil, by the way, is also one of, if not the only, vegan alternative to fish oil. It's got all nine essential amino acids and 27 total amino acids. So it's it's really you know incredible there. But um, by using the same plant, yes, exactly as Richard you laid out we're allowing for that full um, unknown, you know, benefit of these different interactions that naturally happen within the plant to exist. And so using the hemp seed oil, we're just trying to honor that natural, um, you know, rhythm that, that is innate to it. And I'm stunned to find we're very close to me having to end things, but I really want you to mention that you also produce really yummy hemp snack treats. <laughs> Would you talk about that a bit? And then yeah. we'll move toward the close. But I think that's such an exciting thing too, because hemp hearts, what's not to like? So please talk about that. Oh yeah. I mean, so yeah, we, we actually uh, recently launched our hemp hearts, which I'm really happy with. Um, they have such a nutty buttery flavor. As I was describing, we take the hemp seeds um, and strip off the hull and you're left with this buttery nutty um, hemp heart. They're, amazing on um, soups, salads, and smoothies, uh, cooking with anything. I mean, I use it as a, a nutrient boost all the time because it's really high in protein and, uh, you know, good heart-healthy omegas. Uh, so hemp hearts, that's one of the products. Then we have uh, toasted hemp seeds, which are, you know, the same seeds, but we leave the hull on. They're, uh, I think, 12 grams of fiber, both soluble and insoluble fiber in the, the hemp seed. So it's incredibly... Um, nutrient dense. It has the high protein, 10 grams of protein in a serving, and all of those good fats as well. So it's uh, really awesome. We have three flavors of that. We have a pink Himalayan salt toasted seed. We have mm. a maple cinnamon, and we have an ancho chili barbecue. And mm. uh, they're, you know, they're also really unique because of the crunch. The, the hull has a great crunch. It's almost like a very large cardamom seed. It's got a good pop to it. And so it gives a good textural dimension, especially as someone who eats vegetarian and vegan, um, you know, getting some of those different textures in there is always uh, something I'm looking for. So they work really well for that or just eating them on their own. Uh, then we also have a line of what we call our super squares. And these are baked hemp snacks. We have cashew coconut mango. We have an apple walnut cinnamon. And we have a dark chocolate sea salt. And these are, you can think of them like a baked granola crisp. Um, but they're gluten-free, um, you know, organic, all the good stuff. We, we put no added sugar. We just use fruit for it. And, uh, you know, again, it gives all those same nutritional uh, benefits, which are, are, are huge. Oh, the other thing about the fiber that's really cool is there's a natural occurring uh, resistant starch in it, which is a prebiotic. So really good for gut health as well. I didn't know that. So those, huh, that's very yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot going on there, which, you know, again, when Hemp found me, I was not aware. I, I knew I liked it, and I used it in my smoothies for hearts, but there's a lot more to that, uh, you know, to that plant that keeps on revealing itself. And we're at the point where I ask you, and where, for our listening audience, would you say the name of your website and any place you would like people to follow you and eat, and follow Eaton Hemp? Yes, thank you, Richard. Um, you can find us at eatonhemp.com. That's E-A-T-O-N-H-E-M-P.com. Uh, Eaton is the town where the farm is in upstate New York, so that's the name. It also has the play on the words, but that's, that's where it comes from. And then you can also find us on uh, Instagram at uh, eatonhemp as the handle. So same, same spelling, same name. Great. Thank you so much. Uh, there's another show uh, in our future, but there's so many categories. <laughs> I'll have to. Yes. Well, I look forward to it. This is great yeah. fun. And I want to yeah. thank everybody who tuned in. I hope that, you know, I gave something of value there and feel free to reach out. Um, you could reach out at hello at eatonhemp.com. If you have any additional questions, we tr really try to get information out there. So 
check in with us if you have any questions. Uh, we also offer a 30-day money-back guarantee on any of the products because I want you to try them for yourselves. I want you to experiment. I'm confident that you'll like them, but honestly, I'm more importantly, I want you to be able to try them without uh, a fear of it, it not working for you. So try it out. Any issues, just reach back out. 30-day money-back guarantee. Wonderful. Thank you, Brian. That was great. We, we must stop Thank you, because Richard. there are so many categories that we could keep on going for quite some time. I'm done. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Uh, everybody have a great rest of the weekend, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.